What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 91.1. And today I have with me Matt. Hello. Across the pond right now. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit about The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Um, but we're still playing through that. What we actually wanted to specify on this, this episode was going to be detailing... Uh, the Netflix television show, uh, starring Henry Cavell, or is it Cavill? How, how do you pronounce that name? Anybody know how to pronounce that? I've always called him Cavill. Henry Cavill. Cavill. I always thought it said Cavell. So, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so, uh, we left off, I was just, I, I, well, I hadn't just arrived at Skellige. I had got there a little while, and, um, we were sneaking into, this guy's basement to get this mask, the mask of Ouroboros. Uh, I got the mask, um, and then Yennefer and I talked to the Jarl, I think, or the guy who's kind of... He played through the part where he, like, hallucinates and thinks all the animals are coming after him. Yeah, I did do that. Um, so I hallucinated, saw all the animals coming to life. Realized they didn't do any damage to me. I said, okay, well, I don't know what this is, but, <laughs> um, so, uh, I talked to, uh, I, I guess it's not the Jarl, it's the guy who's residing as the Jarl right now, since the king's dead. Um, and, um, apparently his daughter, which we met earlier, who I've beaten a race, has went off somewhere. And his son has also went off to defeat this giant. Yep. And those are both side quests. The main quest is go talk to Yennefer because she now has permission to go check out the explosion site that we're supposed to be finding out. So instead of doing that, I went and did the uh, the side quests for the Jarl guy. I did the possession side quest with the daughter. Uh, did you do that one, Matt? No, so I, I, I kind of took the opposite approach. I went through and did the mainline part of this. Then I actually left Skellige, and I intend to come back and do... And th These are actually the two main side quests I wanted to do. I don't feel like I spent very much time in Skellige. And I did really want to you know, explore the space a little bit and, and get a little bit more of the lore of this area. So while I kind of mainlined it and, and skipped some of this stuff, I don't plan on progressing the game until I go back and, and do these side quests. Gotcha. So, so you, you do have the option when you go come back from Skellige to go back to Skellige. Yes. So you're not locked out once you leave. No, there is a point where you get locked out. I don't think I'm at that point yet. Yeah. Although, you know, as as I mentioned last week, there have been a few times where I planned to go back and do things, and then as soon as I accepted, it just said this quest has failed. So we'll see if I actually can go back and do these things I want to do. Mm, okay. So I got tied up in that, and unfortunately didn't progress the main story any. But that's okay. I'm going to work on that this week. Um, what we're going to be talking about mainly is the... Netflix show, which released in June, December of last year. Uh, I had been excited about it for a while. Because um, we all knew uh, Cavell or Cavill or whatever his name is 
basically dropped out of playing Superman to go do this show. So I was like, okay. Yeah, that was one of the biggest things I knew about this show was that he was really into it and had read the books and played the games. Yeah, he's actually a pretty big gamer from what I understand. Um, like, uh, I remember seeing an interview one time where he was waiting on the call. He had auditioned for Superman and he was waiting on the call and he was doing a World of Warcraft raid when the phone came in and he was like, I'm going to finish this raid before I answer that call. So I was like, okay, so this guy seems to be pretty big into video games. And he was like truly dedicated to the, to the Witcher. Like he wanted to do it right. So much in fact that he decided to do all of his own stunts from what I understand. Yeah, that I didn't know leading up to the show, but I found out just before I started watching it. Yeah. And didn't mean much to me until I actually watched through the episodes and I said, oh, this is a pretty physical show. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, he was. And and then it actually worked out for him because instead of like crazy shaky cam uh, and, and maybe throwing in some CG here and there, like every sword fight feels real. Like like, any other action scene in a movie or a TV show would have like a really shaky cam, tons of cuts and edits to make it look like stuff's happening. But no, this guy's actually doing this stuff. It's really funny that you mentioned that because that was one of the absolute first thoughts I had in this entire series was, you know, a couple of the fight scenes in the very first episode. They're just impressive because they're not trying to wow you with the way they're edited. It just looks more real. It looks more brutal. And exactly what you're saying, I'm glad we're out of the 90s and we're done with these fast cuts, you know, amping things up and, you know, speeding things up. This just feels more grounded. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think it, it, really, it really benefits from that. So, Matt, I know you've read the books, right? Uh, I have the books. I've only read about half of the first book of short stories. And that's The Last Wish. Yep. Okay. From what I understand, this entire first season is basically retailing those stories. Yeah, there's actually two books of short stories. Okay. I think it's technically the first and third book that was released. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I believe they take some stories from both of the books of short stories. Gotcha. Sort of Truth maybe is the other one. Okay. I I haven't read any of the books, so I couldn't tell you. Um, I know that after watching the show and finishing it, my wife said, hey, I'd really like to read those books. And so I went on Amazon and how popular this stinking show is. The books were on the paperback was on back order. Huh. That's funny. I actually saw a really nice new, new version of the book of the, the last wish that came out in hardcover. It was a nice gray cover with kind of silver embossed lettering and, and the wolf's head. Uh, I almost bought it and I luckily convinced myself, Hey, you actually already have a copy of this book. You definitely don't need another one. Yeah. So I ordered that on Amazon, um, but yeah, my wife really enjoyed it. But I have to, I have to bring up some of the the issues with the show because I have a few issues with the show. Uh, I don't know if you do, Matt. Uh, I know you pretty much I certainly do it, too, right? Yeah, I've watched the entire series. Well, the entire series only eight episodes, but I have watched it all since our last recording. I, you know, talking about my history, I was as you were excited for this show to come out. But knowing that we were going to do The Witcher 3 and knowing that I hadn't really progressed all that far in The Witcher 3, I wanted to get further in the game before I watched the show. So I watched about 10 minutes of the first episode and said, well, it looks all right. I don't want to progress any further until I'm ready to. Uh, and so on this over this last week, I've watched all the episodes. Right. So uh, as far as issues with the show go, I think the biggest one – is probably the fact that. All right, so before we jump I have two. in, well, I, I have I have a couple as well, but um, before we jump in, I just want to go ahead and say before 
before we start talking about this. There are some major spoilers. We're talking about all of season one of The Witcher. So yeah. if you have not watched the show yet, do yourself a favor and go watch the show because it is fantastic. But maybe don't listen to this until you finish the show. Uh, with that being said, my first issue is I understand why they did this. I don't like how they did it, where you're basically watching three timelines. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. You, you're watching if if only three. I mean, it's three, not only three timelines, but three different time scales, yeah. which makes it even more confusing. Yeah. So most of what you see with Geralt and Jaskier is happening in the past. It's basically giving you backstory to the Witcher. Um, but then in between that, like, e like even in the same episode, you're seeing stuff with the princess Cirilla. Um, like, uh, Nilfgaard is taking over the kingdom and they push her out to, to you, you're, you know, you're meant for something greater. You need to escape. Find Geralt of Rivia. So for like the first five episodes, you're thinking this is all happening at the same time. Geralt's doing his yep. little misadventures while somewhere else, Siri is running around trying to escape Nilfgaard. Yeah. Uh, and they both, they are sort of looking for each other. Right. But the issue then is come to episode five, I think, or episode six. I can't remember. We see the queen, Siri's mom, still alive when she died in the first episode. And I'm like, what? What, what is happening here? And then you start realizing, oh, so this is happening. This is basically the present while all the stuff with Geralt is in the past. But then there's also spliced in there Geralt in the present as well. And I'm just like, what? It, yeah, it since just, he doesn't normally, it's not super clear. Like yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I don't know. But, like, it, it's, it was just, I, I, I was confused to begin with, but then after I saw that episode, I was like, okay, I get it. And in the last episode, both timelines basically meet each other. Yeah. Um, the, other issue I had, and it wasn't an issue that I had, it was an issue overall, especially because of my wife. My wife has never played any of the video games. She's never even heard of The Witcher until I brought it up. They don't explain anything as far as lore goes. You know, there's, you know, the, at the very beginning, she's like, why does his eyes look like that? Because he, I was like, yeah. well, it's because he's probably drank a potion that made him see in the dark. She's like, oh, he can do that? Yeah. Then in the, the fight at the very end of the first episode, he uses one of his signs to push a guy back. She's like, what the heck was that? I was like, oh, he can also use magic. Uh, I forgot to tell you that. And she's like, oh, so he's, he's a sorcerer. I'm like, no, he's not a sorcerer. He can use magic, but very small types of magic. And she's like, then why aren't they explaining any of this stuff? And I was like, you know, they probably could have explained that a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty clearly not holding your hand I mean, for both of those reasons. Not explaining a lot of the parts of the world and then the, the structure of the timelines both make it a little bit inaccessible for people. I I think that's – it's hard, hard to refute that. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, if I had seen this – well, at least I think if I had seen this without having played or read anything, I think I would have watched it and been and then immediately watched it again and been like, all right, okay, I think I'm starting to understand the relationships. Because there's also, you know, the, the midst of the brewing war. You don't really know why that's happening. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of parts to the story in the world that aren't even poorly explained, which may have even been worse. They're just not explained at all. And it's basically like figure it out on your own or – or just uh, assume what it is until you are eventually told in season two, or 
it's just not going to be shown. Go read the books if you want to know all the backstory. So, so it's, it's hard to know what the intent was there. Yeah, my, my only issue is is that most of my references are from the games, and so my question is: Does Nilfgaard attempt to take over the South and get repelled? And then in the games, Nilfgaard then comes back and wins this time? Well, the Nilfgaard, Nilfgaard I thought, was the south. I thought they you were the, the northern north. Kingdoms. I thought you had the northern kingdoms like Temeria and whatnot. I thought Nilfgaard was the south and they were coming north. Maybe they are the south. I, I, like, either way, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, wherever they came from. But, you know, it, at the end of the second game was when Nilfgaard took over but it looks like it's happening now which the games take place years and years after the show's supposed to take place right yeah although given the the timelines i don't know because you get is it the beginning of the first game where you get the the striga uh, i mean that 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 was you didn't fight it. It, it. it was like in a cutscene at the very beginning of the game, and I think it was yeah. like in the past, like he was telling the story of the Striga. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it was. It was kind of cool to see it another way. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Like, it, I'm. I'm confused on the timeline. Maybe somebody can actually help me out here. Um, or in, in which ha, has the creator of the books came out and said that. The games are canon or no? Uh, that's that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I'd like to know. They can't all be canon because some things are changed. So which, which one trumps which, I think, is the question. Right. At least, this, I mean, mostly the show and the books are just set in separate timeline than, than the games, but... Yeah, for for any contradictions that do arise, I don't know. Right. I mean, the the fact that they incorporated such clear, if only aesthetic choices from the games into the TV show might make you think that it's canon, but maybe they just took the parts that they liked and will ditch the rest. Yeah. Distant style. I don't know. I guess we'll see, but yeah. So what what issues did you have with it, Matt? Well, I, I think that the timelines was one of them. I didn't personally have a problem with the lack of explanation because, you know, being somewhat immersed in the Witcher's world anyway at the moment, you know, I, I kind of dove right in from episode one and was loving, almost loving that they didn't do quite as much of origin story-wise. I mean, I feel like there's such a played structure. I mean, not to criticize Marvel movies, but you know, the fact that so many of those movies start out with your origin story to me got a little bit tiresome at the end. Sure. Uh, and so to have a series like this where they don't start at the beginning uh, was somewhat refreshing because eight full hour episodes, I, I guess these days doesn't count as short, but man, this series felt short to me. It definitely went by really quick. My wife and I finished it in a day and a half. Yeah, and and because because of that, if you're only going to do eight episodes, I don't want two of them to be fluff intro episodes. True, very true. So for me, I kind of I kind of liked that they jumped into it, but the the timeline I I did think was a little bit. I, I don't know that it added anything. I think it would have been a better story had they not necessarily jumped all around. But I I had one other. One other issue that was a little bit bigger than that, and that is really the the choice that they make and the way that they have decided to structure it as not quite a serialized show and not quite a monster of the week or let's take these short stories and make an anthology out of them. Sure. I think had they gone one direction or the other a little bit more fully – or done what they did a little bit more competently, it would have had a better season-long structure. 
I think this, to, to me, you know, to summarize this, you know, this kind of complaint a little bit is, I thought it's, it's great characters, great scenes, some great episodes. As a season, I don't think it was great. Do you think it would have been better as a single strand of like events that occur in time, like, you know, one after another, or do you think it would have been better as a monster of the week? Well, if you had asked me before I watched it, I would have definitely said serialized is the way to go. Right. Now that I've seen it, what I wish they would have done because so much of it's already there is make it monster of the week and then end with like a a 15 minute sizzle reel to say, now you know what the world of the Witcher is like, right? You know, you learn bits and pieces, you know, the characters just wait for what's coming in season two. That sounds like it would have been the best going to do. Yeah. Instead, they, you know, they kind of ham fisted some prep for season two into season one, but there wasn't enough of the serialized part of it to really get me amped up for season two. And I don't know. I I wish they would have just cut that all out and then stick it at the end and said, yeah, you've had all the bits and pieces, you know what to expect from the world, the characters, all that, the magic system. Now, you know, here's even just like a five minute video. Here's what you're going to see coming up in the next season. That would have been amazing to me because I wouldn't have cared that I didn't get it because all of that would have just been essentially your intro. Right. And as much as it might have still felt unfulfilling in some way, at least what was there would have been more assured in what they were doing. But the fact that they the fact that they tried to set up season two without fully setting up season two to me was a little bit of a, I wish they'd just gone one way or the other. Right. You know, I did like that. I liked the very end of the last episode where, you know, they finally get together. Destiny's fulfilled. Now, whatever it was they needed to do is what we'll see in the future. So there is enough there to say they could have set up, uh, you know, a story of these two trying to find each other. It's just that they could have done really without that and just had that, that moment have been part of the, the sizzle reel for season two. And I would have had just as much prep for season two as I got in the whole eight hour per season. Right. So, huh. what's your favorite episode? Uh, you know, I, I think almost owing to that, I wish it had been an anthology, you know, a bunch of short stories. The first one that comes to my mind is to me the one that was the most standalone, which is the one with the dragon. Yeah. Rare Species, I guess it was, episode six. Yeah, the rarest of species, I think it was called. Yeah. Not that that was necessarily my favorite, but that's the one I wish they were more like. Right. Uh, all, all, all that being said, the best serialized part of it, I think, was was Yennefer's story. You know, as much as I would say I don't really want origin stories, she at least had progression. Right. Right. You you get to see her growth, and then you get to see kind of her. Not, not quite desperation, but just the fact that she, you know, she kind of got what she wanted, but still feels unfulfilled. I, I thought that that she did a pretty good job, kind of relaying that texture to the character. The, it's not just I started here, I made it, and no. I I found I found some similarities to The Witcher to Mad Max because. I, I've always said the Mad Max movies. Uh, I, I explained it to my wife because we watched Fury Road. She'd never seen the Mad Max movie before, and I was she was like, "Let's watch that Fury Road." I was like, "Okay, I, I may need to explain a little bit to you, but not really." And after we finished it, she's like, "Why is that movie called Mad Max?" Because 
it didn't seem like Mad Max was the main character. And I said, that's exactly right. Mad Max, along with The Witcher, doesn't feel like the main characters are the people that it's named after. If you look at Mad yeah. Max, Mad Max is always about this guy getting caught up in something else. And it just kind of follows him, but it, the story's about something else. He just happens to be in the story. And I feel like with The Witcher, it was kind of like that in some instances. Because this this feels more like, the first season of The Witcher feels more like an origin story of Yennefer. Yeah, exactly. If one character has a better arc, it's definitely Yennefer. Yeah. I feel like it has an origin story of Yennefer. It has an origin story of Ciri. And it, and it just so happens Geralt is there. And they have a few episodes where it's just Geralt, you know. And it, and it has... You know, Geralt has always been a witcher at the beginning of this series, but he wasn't the well-known person he is. So they have that little origin with him and Jaskier, who, for any who who don't know, apparently Jaskier is translated to Buttercup in English. Which is yellow. Yeah. The the issue was, was the guy who translated the books didn't want to name the character Buttercup because it sounds like a woman's name. <laughs> so he changed it to Dandelion. So uh, they just left it as Jaskier in the show. And my wife is like, I thought his name was Dandelion. I was like, it is, but it, 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 they they just didn't change it. She's like, why? I was like, because his name is normally Buttercup, but it sounds weird in English. It's like, I don't know, but he's just, yeah. just here. So, you know, you have the origin. and the lion, do they? In the not, show? Not the show, no. Yeah, I don't think so. It's always just here. But, uh, uh, but you have that origin with Geralt being like, he's a, he's a, he's been a witcher, but he's not been the famous white wolf, uh, until he meets Jaskier, who starts singing tales of him. So you have that kind of origin. And I really liked the origin, you know, of how he got the nickname, the Butcher of Blav- Blavica. Blavican. Blavican. Yeah. And I was like, you know, because I was like, he's going to, he's going to this town called Blavican. I'm like, oh. I was like, oh, we're going to see where he gets that nickname. And of course, my wife's like, what are you talking about? I was like, don't worry, you'll see. And, <laughs> and yeah, he, he straight up murders like 15 people. <laughs> um, but they did, they did a great job. I was like, they, they've, they, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I, I get this. I get these references and stuff like that. I was, I was afraid I was going to kind of be lost watching the show. Yeah, I, I was too. I mean, I, I was, I was ready for the challenge of how, how much of it will I recognize just given that we're, we're deep into The Witcher 3 and, you know, more than just that, even though these are totally different time periods, totally different time scales. You've got kind of your your main characters of Yennefer, Ciri, and Geralt, and those are the same three main characters really in Witcher Three. And that you know, to to me, there is a sense, even though it's a pretty broad world, there's a lot going on. There's also a lot of like focal points that stay the same between books, games, and show, and that provides a lot of continuity, even if the individual stories and you know the time periods are all all kind of different between between the mediums that we're we're taking The Witcher in with. You know, I, I do like that. There's pretty much all the main characters are the same main characters. You're not. It, it doesn't have quite the cast that like Game of Thrones does. We've got so many dozens of main characters. Yeah, you mainly got your five or so, and, and that's it for this series. That's great because man. I tried Game of Thrones. My wife got hooked. Did we ever talk about this? I don't think we talked about this. Uh, I don't know. So Game of Thrones, uh, probably about four years ago, I attempted to start it. Watched first season. actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Started the second season. They started introducing even, even more characters. And I was like, yeah. I don't know if I care about this anymore. Uh, 
cut to a year ago, um, my wife mentioned to me, have you ever watched Game of Thrones? I said, I tried it, but I don't think it was for me. She's like, I'm thinking about trying it. So we got HBO Now or Go or whatever it's called. And she binged it. She finished it the week. It? The, yeah, she finished it the week oh. uh, the last season began. So she was ready. And I had, I caught, like, every once in a while I, I'd catch, you know, a few episodes here and there. I'd be like, ah, okay, I, I, I didn't see this part. The whole Night King thing and them, them fighting, fighting, um, like when they were running, I remember there was an episode where they were running and they were surrounded and they narrowly escaped. It was like the second of last season. I was like, all right, that was a really cool episode. I was like, all right, maybe I'll, I'll keep watching. So I watched it up until it, you know, the, the season ended. And then I said, okay, we'll watch it together. We'll finish the series. Man, <laughs> let me tell you, I didn't watch the entirety of it, but my wife did. My wife was pissed at the end of that. With the last season? Oh my God. She's like, I don't know why I wasted my time watching how many hours of this show for them to end it like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also... Did you watch the uh, ending of it? I, no. That's a, a, a little mark on my card. I have not finished Game of Thrones yet. How far did you make it? Well, I, I stagnated for so long at the point where the TV show surpassed where the books were. I said, on principle, I'm not watching anymore until the next book comes out. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> fast forward, no book has come out. Yeah. And they just kept making seasons. And about a year and a half or so, so I think I watched, I watched four and a half seasons. And then I went back and restarted the fourth. So I watched the fourth and the fifth. And that's all I've watched is through five seasons. Because I had, you know, I had boycotted watching the rest of the show. And then I decided, you know what? I'm not that strong. And I will just finish watching the show. And at this point, who knows if another book's ever going to come out in that series. And if it does... I'll have forgotten the episodes, and even if I haven't, they're likely to have changed because so much, you know, the shows were made so early relative to when the book was written. So, you know, for I, I just basically gave up on my whole on, on my whole desire not to watch the show. So I finally decided to watch it, but that was later, and not that I was no longer interested, but I did have to go back and get back into it. Yeah, get back into the show. And on top of that, there was just a little bit of a question mark of how it was going to end, when it was going to end, when I was going to have time to watch it. So I made the mental commitment to watch episodes, but then didn't actually watch all that many. So it wasn't like I opened the floodgates and then watched all the rest of the season. So I had gone back and rewatched two seasons, but that's that's kind of where I still stand is I've watched five and that's it. I can't can't remember how many seasons it was. Eight? Eight, I think, yeah. Yeah, eight seasons. Oh, man. That last season was a joke. I've heard a lot about that last season. (laughs) That last season was a joke. I wonder if that means, though, he'll take that to heart, and if he ever does get to finishing the books, would change the way the series ends. Well, he already claimed, from what I understand, he's already claimed that the books are not going to follow this show at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I would assume. But... I don't know. I, I was like, oh man. I, I was like, I'm glad I wasn't highly invested in that show. I, I was like, after, after the end of the, of the first or the, the second last season, I was like, okay, let's see how this ends. Cause I was like, this is actually pretty cool. Uh, and then wow, what a wet fart that was. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because the, the books themselves, I find to be a little bit up and down as well. I mean, the first book, you know, to your point on the number of characters, I didn't really like it for the first hundred pages because I'm like, look, there's so many families. Every family has so many members. I just, I don't really know what's going on. But then it's easy to latch on to some of the key characters in the book and in the show, right? Like Tyrion is just a fantastically written character. 
Yeah. You know, and Jon Snow is an easy character to root for. And Ned Stark is, you know, your strong, good person. So I do like that even though there's a broad cast of characters, it's easy to latch on to somebody and you can follow your favorite characters through the story and the more you read it and, you know, as long as you're paying attention and really invested in it, the, the world comes together reasonably quickly given the complexity of the world. Right. So, I mean, I thought the first book and the first season were fantastic. Uh, the second book is a bit slow, but it, you know, it, it's prepped for the third book, which I, for me, which I also think is fantastic. And then four and five are both okay. So from where I stand, hopefully four and five are, are working to build up to something big in book six because I'm seeing two books that I love out of a five book series. So yeah. if, if none of the rest of them reach the heights of one and three, for me, the series has kind of fizzled out. It starts strong but doesn't go anywhere. And given all the time and now the entirety of the show has happened, I almost feel like it'll be harder to have that freshness that that the books originally had. So I I was thinking about this the other day. I actually thought maybe he should never finish the series because how how can he do anything but disappoint now? Exactly. There's It's the double-edged sword, right? Because you got – you get ref point of references that can help with the imagination, yeah. but there's point of references that are like, "Ooh, man, I don't hope this don't happen." You know, so yeah, or it's done well, and anything that's different in the book now that everybody will have seen the show before the book. Usually, it's the other way around. So you're like, "All right, the book has more detail, and that's the reference point, and the show's just an adaptation of that." Yeah. When the show comes first, it's you know that, that that's what people know. Yeah, that's what happened with Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, and they had to make a whole new anime. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I you know, uh, I I mean, this obviously isn't. But about- the, the differences are interesting between The Witcher and Game of Thrones because you know, and in some ways, it's it's interesting how simple the first season of Game of Thrones is. Right? There's not even really any magic. In that there's, no, there's no magic in the first season. Yeah, not unless you count dragons and stuff at the end and walking through fire. And... Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it, but that was all just not like magic, magic, yeah. for the longest. But for like that entire season, they were thinking everybody was thinking, ah, this isn't a magical show. You it's know? like a myth. It's yeah. a myth. Yeah. But with The Witcher, it, I mean, it's it, straight it's up. Interesting to get into it, right? Because fantasy world can be complex. So to start out and have an entire deep book that doesn't have those fantastical elements is a way to slowly introduce the reader or the viewer to the world. I mean, it's complicated enough as it is with the intrigue and the families and all the characters and all that. But, you know, it's an an interesting approach to, to cut out a lot of what is fantasy in a fantasy series to start, whereas The Witcher does the opposite. I mean, two minutes in, he's fighting a magical beast or a evil Kikimura. Yeah. So clearly very different approaches to bringing the viewer along. Right? And I, I do think that that's one thing maybe The Witcher doesn't do very well, but again, being immersed currently, it didn't bother me. But as far as the actual quality of the season, it's, you know, it detracted a couple points for that, I would say. Yeah. I'd say, um, as far as my favorite episode, I would, I would say probably, I, I like the whole, the whole thing of the last wish with, um, you know, Jaskier getting cursed and like, I, I love the whole, yeah. the whole scene where he's like, he's walking into the, um, into the, the room and everybody's like having an orgy and she realizes he's. It's not affected by the the spell and stuff like that. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. They um I mean they go for it, you know, they 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 really do. They they throw in all this lore and stuff like that and every once in a while they'll do a little bit of exposition telling you about the lore. But most of the time they just be like, Yeah, this is this is it you know, like as a matter of fact kind of thing. Yeah. 
So like when the, you know, when they brought up the Striga, uh, you know, I, I, I said aloud because I knew I was like, Oh, this is the Striga. And of course my wife's like, what the hell is the Striga? <laughs> I was like, you're about to find out. So, <laughs> uh, but they, I, yeah, man, they, they, they don't, they don't mess around with that stuff. They just throw you right in, which I guess yeah, is endearing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of endearing. You, you, you might call it confident. Yeah. We'll bring the viewers along with us. We don't need to hold their hands. Whether that works or not, you know, is is to be determined, I guess, as, as, you know, if the show continues and, you know, how people feel about the world after they've seen more of it. But, you know, it is it is a different choice because I feel like a lot of times things are overly explicit. And here maybe it's not explicit enough. Yeah. I think, I think the weakest episode for me was the one where they went back and, and I, I guess it was, see, cause I, I would figured it was, oh, this is back in time because you saw the, um, the queen alive and, uh, Geralt's at the dinner party with them. That whole second to last one. Is that the second to last one? I th- I think so. Where they bring in the uh the uh what is it the rule of surprise? Yeah, that's and, the second one. And Sonic the Hedgehog shows up. <laughs> um I was like this is kind of I don't care about any of this. Now, the problem is is that once it's revealed that everything that's happening to Geralt is in the past, I kind of checked out a little bit. Just a little bit. He clearly survives. Yeah. I was like, I, I get it now. Now I don't, I don't, I don't care what leads up to this. I just want it to get to present day. And during that big battle with the mages and Geralt in the last episode, yeah, the last episode, and Geralt's wounded. For some, for for a split second, I was thinking this sounds like he's about to get carded to Karen Morin, and that's the beginning of the Witcher One video game. That would have been an interesting tie-in. Yeah, but I was like, but Siri's still a kid now. Yeah. There would have been some more splaining to do. Yeah. And I was like, okay, they're not doing that. I can't remember. It's weird that he was cut out of that whole episode. Yeah, for the most part, he was just in a a cart being driven. Hallucinating about his mom. Yeah. You know, because if you give me that setup, you know, there's... Basically, the whole season is building up to this, to, to Nilfgaard's invasion. And the mages are standing up against them, you know, in my mind. I'm like, well, obviously, Geralt's going to come to the rescue. At some point. Never does. Nope. Nope. It's uh, Triss and Yennefer. Yeah, those little earworms were kind of cool. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah. And I, I had been talking up Triss a lot because... <clears throat> Triss is kind of a badass in the games. And uh I know my wife, she was like, I thought Triss was like gonna do a lot more than this. I was like, Well maybe later. She can make a door of roots she that can doesn't make last a door of roots <laughs> that lasts about two seconds. She also did the poison stuff though, right? Made the poison come up out of the ground and killed a bunch of guys. Oh, uh, with the mushrooms? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end, that one mage, the guy who could, like, make his sword reappear. Yeah. Who was that guy he was attacking that was laid up next to a tree? Like, after the battle. Yeah, I... Uh, who yeah, I was really confused. I was really confused by that point, because I'm like, it, aren't they on the same side? And if they're not, I was like, well, we've just seen somebody betray uh, the mages, but that was because of the earworms. But he was nowhere near where the box was dropped, so that can't be the explanation. I still don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't either. Don't know who that guy was or why he got smashed in the face. No, I don't either. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still enjoyed it. 
Um, honestly, I feel like I enjoyed the monster of the week short story stuff more than the, than the, the overarching story. Yeah, me too, which is weird because I, I, I wasn't even sure that there was really space for that in my life anymore. Right. I'm like, if I'm going to watch something, I really want to be invested and I want payoff. I don't want to catch an episode and then weeks later catch another episode. So I, I didn't think I would like any Monster of the Week shows and even more confused that Netflix would want to do something like that because it's not releasing one episode a week. Like in my mind, the, the reason that there's a benefit to that is because viewers who might check in only on a weekly basis could miss an episode but keep watching it, right? right. Because you don't have to watch every episode in order. But that's not the case if you release on Netflix and you're a Netflix original show. Yeah. Because there's no need to ever miss an episode. So the the whole nature of Monster of the Week episodes was confusing to me, but, but I agree with you that, to me, they did such a good job with the world, such a good job with the characters, and such a good job with, for me, the diversity of tone. Like, it's, you know, it's serious one minute, it's scary the next minute, it's funny the next minute. Such a variety of tones, like, I just want to be in that world, you know, give me, give me a whole bunch of short stories. Yeah. Right? I mean, we were talking last week on how the side stories in Witcher 3 are almost like little short stories. You've got quite a supply of short stories you could, you could turn into episodes. Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, I'd be okay just exploring that world and, if I knew that I wasn't looking for a big season-long payoff, I would be more okay with Monster of the Week episodes. The reason this episode or the season felt so off to me is because they they kind of set it up for a big payoff, but then kept subverting themselves with Monster of the Week. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really liked it, but the parts I liked, I just wanted more of. Yeah. Well, I don't know what do else to say. I think Dandelion was hilarious. I, I really liked all of his ridiculous tagging along and Geralt's, you know, gruffly asking him to leave, but <laughs> really wanting him to leave. I, I don't know. I mean, I the fact that you can have like a horror moment next to a, a funny moment is the kind of thing, another kind of thing that you don't get in Game of Thrones. So, I mean, and for, for me, I kept comparing it to that because it's, I don't know the last fantasy show I watched, but the diversity of tone I thought was a was a nice way to distance itself from Game of Thrones as well as the the monsters themselves. Mm-hmm. I thought were 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 interesting. I think um, I think everybody did great. You know, I think uh, the acting was fantastic. Yep, Cavell did a, did a great Geralt. Um, Josh Gear's fantastic. Yennefer did great. Yennefer's interesting to me because I didn't really like, I don't really like her in the game as, as a person. And I don't really like her in the show as a person. <laughs> but I do think she has a good arc. So I kind of feel bad for her, even though I don't agree with things that she's done right so I, I don't know there's a there's a weird push and pull with Yennefer which is maybe a, maybe an interesting balance to, to strike <clears throat> not every character has to be immediately likable or or even redeemable yeah so we do have a few emails uh, first one comes in from Alberto says, uh, hi guys, what did you guys think of the time jumps timelines on the show? I was confused when it first happened, but overall it was a great show for fans. Uh, we kind of, we, we touched on that a good amount. Um, it was okay. I, once I got it, I understood it. But the problem is, is that once I, it was revealed, they st- still showed stuff that happened in the past. And I kind of checked out at that point. It's like, I don't care what yeah. happens in the past now because I want to get to the future. So I, you know, it, it, I, I guess I see what they were, like I said, I, like I said earlier, I get what they were trying to do. I just didn't like what they were doing. 
Yeah, I just, I, I get what they were doing. And I'm not sure I mind what they were doing. I just don't think they did it in a way that had enough payoff to warrant doing it in the first place. Yeah. So our next two emails coming from Jamie. Uh, the first one says, yay games I want to play. <laughs> we're back. Yeah. Congratulations on playing a bunch of crappy games. It was painful listening. I'm so happy, maybe almost as happy as you, that you are moving on to some great games. I'm going to break this email into two halves. The first half will be the, for the games you discussed that you might play, and the second will be about The Witcher. Okay, part one. Uh, what a great list of games. I'm proud to say I've played a lot for me, and the ones you mentioned, but you also mentioned several that are on my list of shame. I've played Witcher 3, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, The Outer Worlds, Skyrim, part of Far Cry 5. Of all those, Witcher 3 and God of War were my favorites, uh, which uh, is strange to say something, considering I played 200 hours of Skyrim. Mm. Uh, the ones I hope you pl be able to play with you, uh, should you get to them, are uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, Dragon's Dogma, Spider-Man, Far Cry 5. Also, I'm crossing my fingers that you decide to play the DLC for The Witcher because I did finish that game but never played the DLC, though I've always wanted to. Well, guess what? That's exactly what we're doing. Uh, did either of you play Detroit Become Human? Because that was a fantastic game. I would play through that one again, actually, to see what kind of ending I'd get. Also, may I suggest Mass Effect Andromeda? I barely uh, got... Yeah into that game, but I remember hearing you guys throw it around as a possibility. Uh, I did play Detroit Become Human. Uh, I'd never finished it. Got to probably about, from what I understand, I'm probably well past three-fourths of the way through that game. I just never beat it. Mm. Uh, I did play it and finished it and loved it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed what I played of it. It was just so many things Wouldn't came out. Wouldn't be played. What's yeah, that? I would replay it. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Part two. Uh, there will be no spoilers for the Witcher show or the game. I cross my heart. So my history with the Witcher series is probably pretty similar to a lot of people. I had never heard of it before seeing the gameplay trailer in June of 2014 at E3. I remember being blown away and surprised that I didn't hear anyone really losing their minds about it. Like I was. The year most... That year, most people were focused on Dragon Age Inquisition as well as they should. Anyways, when you guys played 1 and 2, I listened, vaguely following the storyline. Some games are easy to follow when I'm only listening to the podcast, like when you did the first Rampa. But The Witcher was different. I remember something about Amnesia and Triss and something about Ciri, maybe, and a little boy and his powers. Clearly not a great understanding of the story. But I jumped into The Witcher 3 because why not? My experience with it was much the same. I felt like I was blundering, though, uh, not really knowing why I was doing stuff. And maybe that's the point, since Geralt never really seems to know why he's doing stuff either. Fast forward a couple <laughs> years, <clears throat> and suddenly, Henry Cavell is playing Geralt. I was on the fence about it at first. I was worried it wouldn't do the game justice. Doug Cockle is my Geralt. But I learned how obsessive Henry Cavell was about the Witcher series, so why not let the guy live out a fantasy? Now I was interested enough to finally jump into the books. I started with The Last Wish. It was a fast read and great writing, especially considering the fact that it was translated from Polish. Mm -hmm. I read a bit of Sword of Destiny, which I'm sure I'm actually, I'll actually complete before going into the trilogy. But I have to admit, The Last Wish felt a lot like Quest I've already played, or a new side quest. They weren't very cohesive, which isn't surprising since it's a collection of short stories. Then the show started, and I adored it, not only because of Henry Cavell, although, damn. I know <laughs> I know the show was difficult for some people who haven't played the games or read the books since the timeline jumps around quite a bit, but I found that it filled in a lot of gaps for me. Most of my friends who... Uh, uh, most of my friends who were complete... Completely new to this world, were confused, which is unfortunate, but overall I thought the show was fantastic, and I'm more than happy to sit and discuss all the things they missed. 
Unmentioned Part 3, wherein Jamie goes crazy about feminism and fantasy. One last word on the show. By far, one of the most important parts of it for me was the women. They wore pants, they fought battles, they kicked ass. They were all amazing. For a fantasy show, that's amazing. Some people might say that there were badass women in Game of Thrones, and that's correct. But it's a big deal. It's made a big deal of. Uh, what's her name? Breen? Breen? I can't pronounce her name. Okay. Uh, was one of, there you go. Was one of the first women knights, and she she's called down about it her entire life. Arya's whole storyline uh, about how she stepped away from being a lady and instead chose a life of an assassin. I mean, who else was there? Uh, Daenerys, when she finally picked up a sword, she barely knew how to hold it and relied on her dragons. But in The Witcher, okay, minor spoilers, Drew. You decide if it's too spoilery. A grandmother leads her army into battle. Seriously? An ex-princess takes on Geralt? I could watch that fight over and over. And it's just like, yeah, that's how it is. Women kick ass. No big. It's something the books, the games, and the show do really well, and I'm grateful for it. Okay, this email has gone long enough. Have fun storming the castle, Jamie. Yeah, it's a a good point. I mean, not only that, but the show changed to, to make the cast a bit more diverse. Yeah. Which... You know, I I didn't have any problem with it. It didn't really feel forced to me at all. It could have felt forced, but I thought all the all the casting was done well. Yeah, the Witcher, the Witcher games. I I don't know about the books. I never read them, but the Witcher games and the or the the TV show have always kind of solidified the fact that you don't want to mess around with sorceresses. They are like the most powerful things in this universe. And Geralt knows that too. So, that's, that's, they've always been that way. I, I even told my wife, I was like, you'll like this because sorcerers are like the most powerful thing in the universe and they're all pretty much women. And she said, ooh, start it. I was like, alright. <clears throat> so, you have to forgive me, I am under the weather, so I'm having a hard time talking and breathing currently. But uh, next email comes in from Jamie as well. Uh, this one says, Witcher, a much shorter email. Uh, Hi, guys. Happy to hear you're delving into The Witcher 3. So from what I can remember of my playthrough, I really didn't like Yennefer. She was being really mean, and I had no idea why. So when the option came to romance Triss, I went for it. Plus, she's super cute. Uh, their romance missions were adorable and cringeworthy, but that's how I like it. All the best romances are corny. I think the person Matt was talking about was Dijkstra in Novigrad. <clears throat> That's who it was. Yeah. Uh, I loved his character. Between him and the Bloody Baron, I thought they were the best voice actors I've ever had in any game. Not only that, but the characters are so complex. They are bad yeah. guys, but they're also good people. But don't cross them because they'll kill you. But also, if you do them a favor, you'll get all kinds of rewards. It really gives a dimension to the game that these are real people and not just random NPCs. And when Geralt leaves, they will keep doing their thing. It's just another reason this world is so engrossing. I was sad when I finished all of Dijkstra's missions. Lastly, you may have already looked looked it up or been told by someone else, but regarding how to start the DLCs, basically when you start it up after you finish the game, it gives you the typical, you can continue playing the game, however the world has reverted to the state before the final quest sort of deal since your decision in the game can change things a lot. Anyways, have fun. I'm sure I'm finally join in. Uh, I won't be able to control Geralt at all, and I'm going to be dodging and rolling a mess. So there you go. Yeah, it's still a mess for me. I'm in the thick of it, but playing on the PC is difficult for me. I'm so glad I'm there, playing on Xbox. There's a lot of keyboard commands. Yeah. I, God, there, I, I would not be able to do that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, any any other thoughts on the TV show? Just that I feel like it was a good time to have watched it. Right as we're we're delving into it and planning to spend weeks more in the world of The Witcher. Yeah, this was just another thing that helps enrich that world for me another dimension to the world uh you know and 
while it may not be the best structured show, it had a lot of heart and it did a lot of things really well. So I, you know, I'm glad to see it. Looking forward to season two. And, you know, it just adds to the entire kind of Witcher experience. There you go. I feel the same way. There was some, definitely some faults in it, but I enjoyed it. And to the fact that, like, when me and a coworker were talking about it about a week ago, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to go back and rewatch it again. And he was like, I'm going to do the same thing. So. Yeah. I, cool. That's funny. I almost started it again today. Yeah. And I'm I have probably time to watch it again. Watch so, uh, but at first, I'm going to play through The Witcher 3 because I got to get that done. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us. Um, if you'd like to follow us all on Twitter, I am at Drew Leachman now because I still can't get DML Fury back. So if anybody's listening and hasn't followed me on Twitter, it's at Drew Leachman now. Um, I had to make a new account. So. Remember when you had to shorten it because there was such a strict limit to the number of characters? Yep. It used to be Frustrated Fury, and I changed it to <laughs> DML Fury, and now it's long again. So, but yeah, and Matt is at REMGS. The podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. If you'd like to send us an email, it is Drew at ZTGD.com. Please send us emails. Tell us about The Witcher. What's your show, what's your TV show, what's your video game, what's your books, doesn't matter to me. Also, last thing, our poll finally ended today. Horizon Zero Dawn will be our next game that we do. Mm, I'm excited. It's been plenty long enough yeah. for me to want to go back and revisit the world. It's been plenty long enough since that game came out and I never played it. I've had it since, well, not since it came out, but the year it came out, Sony, props to Sony. Sony gave me a free copy. Uh, they, they, at the end of the year, Sony does this a lot. Sony will, <laughs> Sony will go to, uh, like journalists. We're not journalists, by the way, but Sony will go to, to people who are journalists in the industry and say, Hey, we got some codes for our games that came out this year for game of the year deliberations. So if you guys don't have anybody who's played it, give it to them. So that way they can talk about it for the game of year stuff. And they gave us a code and Ken gave it to me cause I'd never played it before. I downloaded it, played 30 minutes of it and have never played it again. So yeah, I'm, I'm most interested in the fact that when I finished it and Still to this day, I would say it's my favorite game of this generation. Wow, really? And I just don't know. I haven't, I haven't really thought of it. I haven't played the DLC, so I haven't really, really thought about it since I finished the game. And I'll be really curious to see if I still like it as much, given all the other good games that have come out since then. Well, there you go. Well, that sounds good. But first... We got a whole bunch of The Witcher to do. But that's going to be it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening and hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, like I said, send those emails. We'd like to hear from you guys at any time. So, uh, but yeah, we're going to get out of here. Um, Matt, are you going to be back to the United States next week? I will be, yes. Okay. So uh, I'm going to try and plow as much as I can through. I need to stop getting sidetracked by side quests and actually do the story, uh, which I plan to do. But uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll be back next week with the continuation of The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Along came this song From when the white wolf fought a silver-tongued devil His army of elves at his hooves did they revel They came after me with masterful deceit Broke down my loot and they kicked in my teeth While the devil's horns Minced our tender meat And so cried the witcher He can't be bleed 
Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty. Of the world, fight the mighty horn that bashes and breaks you and brings you to more. He thrusts every elf far back on the shelf, high up on the mountain, from whence he came. Wiped out your past. God kicked in his chest. He's a friend of humanity, so give him the rest. That's my epic tale. Our champion prevailed, defeated the fear.